You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Kim Cattrall officially not joining the reboot of Sex and the City, she has suddenly become available to grace the Broadway stage once again. Imagine the possibilities. Hello? Yes, hello. This is Cashew calling from Ozdas Casting. Am I speaking to Kim Cattrall's manager? Yeah, Melvin Schmendrick here. How can I help you? Hello, Mr. Schmendrick. I hope you're having a defying gravity day. What? Casting was just wanting Miss Cattrall to read for the role of Madame Morrible and Wicked for when Broadway comes back. Is that the green one? No, that's Elphaba. Is that the pink one? No, and just to be clear, Glinda isn't pink. She just likes pink. No, no, no. Madame Morrible is the headmistress of shiz. What'd you call me? <sighs> Nothing, sir. Look, it's a super fun role, and there isn't much singing, so it won't be too hard for her to learn. Yeah, that's a shame, because Kim is one hell of a jazz singer. Yeah, I know. We've all seen that video. All right. Well, just send over the sides, and I'll have a self-tape. Yes, sir. Hope you have a wonderful one short day. Hello, I'm Kim Cattrall, and I'll be reading for the role of the older, but still sexy, Madame Morrible in Wicked. Oh, Miss Elphaba, many years I have waited for a gift like yours to appear. Why, I predict the wizard could make you his magic grand vizier. My dear, my dear, I'll write at once to the wizard. Tell him of you in advance. With a talent like yours, honey, there's a definite chance. If you work as you should, you'll be making... Broadway, Broadway, in all of its glory, we all have a memory, we all have a story. Was there an understudy? Or did the show stop? Boy. Did you see Barbara before she shot to the top? Cool! Join us as we revel in a reverie, it's my Broadway memory! That jazz! How dumb was so that? stupid. Hello. Hi. And welcome to My Broadway Memory. I'm Kim Cattrall. Uh, 
I'm Remy Germanario. <laughs> and I'm Adina Menzel. And we are welcoming you, uh, Michael Kushner, and welcome to my Broadway memory. We know that, now real talk for a second, we know that there are a lot of rough things going on in the country and the world right now. And we acknowledge that and honor everyone who's doing their part to keep our country safe in so many ways. And we thank all of you for joining us here tonight to celebrate the joy of Broadway. Yay! We hope this can bring you a little bit of happiness into your evening and put a smile on your face. Um, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but me and Michael have dressed up as ketchup and mustard. Yes, that makes me like Miss Schnippers. I know we're on the whole 30, so we can't have ketchup or mustard. No, no, no. Sauce, ooh, sauce is sound mm. good right now. It additives. Additives. We're just mm. right now eating like cat. Maybe you named the casting director Cashew because that's all we're eating. No, that is exactly why I did it. That's funny. Okay, so my Broadway memory aims to keep Broadway alive until the theater returns. Us and our amazing guests will discuss will discuss our favorite unheard stories and memories either by picking up a playbill at random from their collection like I have planned um, or referencing a piece of memorabilia or honestly just kibitzing over random memories. Uh, we're just a bunch of friends talking about how Broadway has influenced our lives for the better. Uh, so Remy, I wanna know um, what was your first Broadway memory? Well, mine was kind of random because my first uh, Broadway show was The Dinner Party by Neil Simon um, with like Vian Cox, Jan Maxwell, Henry Winkler was in it. Now, a Neil Simon play is sort of a strange thing for like a nine-year-old to see as their first Broadway show, but it sort of made sense for me because at my community theater, they pretty much only did Neil Simon. That's um, funny. So I actually loved it. But my first like big Broadway musical was Rent and I was like 10 and I didn't know what was happening, but it was very fun and energetic. What was your first Broadway memory? Um, so I grew up with national tours cause I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So the Broward center and stuff like that. So I saw Titanic cause I was obsessed with Titanic and saw cats and uh, river dance, just really great shows. But my first Broadway show um, was Wicked, January 5th, 2005. Adina, uh, two days before Adina, fell through her, the, the, the trap door. Trap door. Um, and four days before her uh, last scheduled show, which was January 9th. And we, I was told we were gonna try to get tickets. We were gonna try to get tickets. And under the marquee on 51st street, um, my mom was like, all right, let's get a picture just to say that we were here. And when the flash went off, she said, we actually do have tickets. And then we saw Roque, I remember to that day. And every time I'm at the Gershwin, I always look at my seat. And also whenever I walk right by the stage door, I always um, give like, it's like a moment of like prayer for me because that was the first moment in the Broadway industry. And, um, and it's inspired so much to this day. So I always give a moment of thanks right outside of the Gershwin Theater on 51st Street. I love that. Mm -hmm. But we got more memories like that for you a little bit later with our awesome guests, Anne Harada and Ali Ewell. Ah! Can't wait to hear what they have to say, but they have Broadway memories. No. Um, but, you know, to stay updated on news and future guests, please, please, please give us a follow on social media. Yes, please. Um, on Instagram and Facebook, we, Burke, Burke. Burke. Fishburg. We are at My Broadway Memory. And on Twitter, we are at My B Way Memory. Yeah. Yes, and you'll find out ways that you can be on the show, too. Yeah. Yeah, not only uh, do we want to keep Broadway memories alive, but we want you to as well. So we want to hear from you, the viewers, about some of your favorite Broadway memories and how you are keeping Broadway alive during this time until live theater returns. So pull a playbill 
out play. I said we I say did play it ball again. all the time. I did it last time. Uh, uh, pull a play bowl out from your collection at random and talk about it. Share with us the story that's associated with that play bill. We really, we really want to hear it and record that video like 30 seconds to a minute long and email it to us at mybroadwaymemory at gmail.com. That's mybroadwaymemory at gmail.com. And you'll have a chance to be featured on our show. And you know, we personally love seeing Broadway shows with our friends and family, going to Joe Allen's after, of mm -hmm. course. And we can't wait to do that again. But in the meantime, let's hear from some of our friends of My Broadway Memory for our weekly segment, Your, your Broadway, Broadway Memory. Memory. I have many great Broadway memories, but for this I'm choosing a West End production of Follies. My parents, when I was about 13, took me to see it and I was utterly blown away. I, I still get goosebumps thinking about Eartha Kitt standing still and singing, I'm still here. Um, I bought the original Broadway cast album and I listened to it on my record player over and over again in my bedroom. I'll forever be grateful to that for introducing me to Sondheim and I've been a huge fan of his work ever since. Um, and I'll be forever grateful to my parents for taking me to the theatre and giving me that love. Hey, my Broadway memory. Uh, Corey here from Broadway Plus. Uh, my favorite Broadway memory was from my Broadway debut, if you will. Uh, it was the first show that I worked on from uh, Out of Town Tryout all the way uh, through its closing, and that was Frozen. Uh, so we're flashing back to the opening night of the show at the St. James. Uh, we had just gotten through the whole show. It was snowing in the theater. Uh, my best friend Rosie had flown out from San Francisco to be my date. I got to wear a bow tie, uh, and we were all just there to celebrate the love uh, the labor of love that it took to put on such a behemoth musical on stage. Uh, it was a wild sense of pride, excitement, accomplishment, and just a huge breath of relief. Thank you to Betty Buckley for lending your voice and musical talents to that opening. We hope we don't get a cease and desist like you gave Donald Trump when he used that song for his rallies. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And thank you so much to Corey and one of my favorite people, Polly McKee. Polly McKee. That's bad Scottish accent for your Broadway, <laughs> for your Broadway memories. Hi, Polly. Oh my God. I think it's time to bring on our guest. Absolutely. Yay! Okay. So our very first guest, who is awesome, is Ali Ewalt. Her Broadway credits include Les Miserables and Christine and Phantom of the Opera. Off-Broadway includes the Fantastics and also the national tour of West Side Story. Our second guest is Anne Harada. Broadway credits include Christmas Eve and Avenue Q and Butterfly, Cinderella, Les Mis, 9 to 5, and Seussical, and NBC's Smash. And she most recently appeared in Emoji Land off Broadway, Hysterical, and on the hit Emmy nominated web series, Indoor Boys. You can currently catch her eating steak on flight attendants. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome Ali Ewald to San Harada. Hi, friends. Hello. 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 <laughs> so glad that you're here. Happy to be here. Lovely to see you all. <laughs> How's your mornings going, your days? What's going on? Nothing. And <laughs> I got nothing. I like my life is so dull. It's tragic. Yeah, um, honest. 
I was going to say, like, you know, I, I, this is all awful, of course, but I think we needed a break just a second to go. And uh, it's lasting a little longer than I had anticipated, but, um, <laughs> you know, you know, but and it was amazing to see you do uh, Emoji Land. It was hysterical. Every you have turns to everything you touch turns to gold. It's it's amazing. And well, don't I wish that were true. I'll tell you about it in my Broadway memory. Um, oh, can't wait. <laughs> like, yeah. Not everything. What? Yes, Allie? What? What? Oh, what did I do today? Is that, is that my... Yes. Are you saying something? I was, I was just laughing because I love hanging out with Anne and she she tickles me so on stage yeah. and on. Um, and you know what? Things are slow right now, but we get to do fun stuff like this, you know? So how did you? So how did you guys meet? Because when when we were when Anne and I were talking, I was like, "Who would you like to come on the show with?" And she immediately said, "Allie." And so how did you guys meet? What's your history like together? Tell me, Dish. Allie. Oh well, so I'll, I'll take that one. So um, I mean, obviously, I was a you know big Anne Harada fan um, from her illustrious, amazing theater career. But when I was doing the um, 2006 revival of Les Miserables as Cosette, Anne joined the cast as Madame Thenardier. Um, and I don't know that we really actually did anything together on stage, Anne. We like changed clothes together yes. backstage. Yeah, and but I basically, you know, I basically abused little Cosette, but not- I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, like, I think I I watched you in Paris, because, like, in the Paris scene, Cosette is sort of off to the side while the Tenardis are doing their thing. And maybe maybe we did, like, the opening scenes together, because all of the Les Mis principals, right. for the most part, we were all in the factory. Yes. And one day, and one day more. Real mad at the foreman, you know, that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. And, of course, one day more. Yeah. One day That's more. True. Lovely ladies. Oh, well, one day more. Yeah. But no fun for the Tenardis, because we're kind of like in a trap under the floor, and then you just sort of come up, and then like, but everybody else is like booming on stage, and you're just like, watch them run amok. I mean, it's really not the greatest. But, <laughs> what, a fun but what a fun entrance, a fun reveal. You don't oh, even no, know. It's iconic, but the, you know, the idea of being in one day more, you don't get to do the step. You don't, you know, right. you're not, yeah. you're not really Cosette, there. Cosette doesn't either. I did get to do it when I was on the no, that's right. ensemble sort of on tour. On the side with old oh yeah, she does, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, Valjean and I just do this whole like mimey thing where we're mad at each other and then we make up and then we pack. And usually it involves Alex Gemignani, you know, trying to make me giggle or, I mean, we were very professional, <laughs> right. very professional, but. Now, both of, <laughs> both of you, we, and what were you gonna say? I was going to say my least favorite thing to do in a song is watch somebody pack. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, it's so dumb. But I remember in chess, which I love, you know, chess is one of my, you know, it's chess. It's one of the greatest scores ever written. But I remember in chess, like, in nobody's side, Judy Kuhn had to, like, pack a suitcase for, like, the whole <laughs> song. And I was literally like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this whole song, Sorry. he's just going to pack? So you also don't like Meadowlark then, right? <laughs> does, she, does she pack in Meadowlark? Does that girl pack? Yeah, and, in oh and my God. yeah, I've, I've got to go. I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, where, when, why that song is song? Where, you know, 
<laughs> Kelly O'Hara had to pack all throughout, um, what's it called, um, Your Majesty? What is that song in King and I? Oh, um, King and I, yes. Right. Oh, yes, what, yes, yes. What is that song called? Whatever that song is called. There, there was a lot of packing. And May I tell you what I packing. think of you? Shall I tell you what yes. I think of yes. you? Yes. Yes, yes. AKA, AKA the, the, pa the packing song. song. Everyone's the, 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 hit, the hit song from The King and I. And there's also another, yeah. you know, more, contempor more contemporary reference, which is um, uh, I Gotta Run, Pasek and Paul's. I think it's like she's like packing her running shoes or something like that. And it's like, I gotta run. And like every high schooler <laughs> does it for thespians. And it's just like really in the emotion, really into it and really gorge. Oh my God. Um, I wanted to say, now I've worked with the both of you before. So, you know, I'm not that insane. So when I show you this to you, I don't want you to be like, I have to go by. But I get listening to you talk about Les Mis forever because I actually have a Les Mis tattoo. <gasps> yes, you do. Which is, um, <gasps> it's, I know. But you would, looking at it, it's designed so you can never really tell it's a Les Mis tattoo because it's not like Cosette's face. But it's one day more in French, Le Grand Jeu, and um, it's in Victor Hugo's handwriting, but he never wrote the phrase. So I found his manuscripts and I pieced together his letters to form it. That's so cool. Wow. Because I'm gay. That is really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, <that's> right. <laughs> so look, both Michael and I have had the pleasure of seeing you both perform live, you know, and of course you're huge admirers. Um, Ali, we saw you in Phantom of the Opera a few years ago oh. with our pal Jay Johnson. And I did see you both in Les Mis as well. So there you go. We actually have a picture, some pictures Michael took of you for his photo series, The Dressing Room Project, I think. Oh, yes. look at that. Oh, remember theater, remember being oh, backstage. No. And thank goodness that we have these to, to remember <laughs> being backstage and we'll be back soon. But first of all, we loved the show. Obviously we had a blast. It, it's always like amazing to see a Broadway classic like that, that you've seen before. Um, and new experience, we were right under the chandelier. Uh, yes. So we got the full experience. Um, but really, really cool. You had the honor of being the first Asian American actress to lead Phantom of the Opera. So like, how did that feel? And what does that mean to you as an, an Asian American artist? I mean, it's interesting, right? Because I was obsessed with Phantom since I was a child, much like most people who are in this business or love musical theater. Um, and so, you know, I had been auditioning for the show for about 10 years on and off for different incarnations for the Vegas production, for the tour, for the Broadway cast. Um, and so in many ways, you know, getting to do the show was just felt like an entirely selfish accomplishment on my end. I was yeah, thrilled I because I wanted to play the part and and I've always been a soprano and like she is the iconic soprano part. Um, and so then to have this added bonus of being, you know, the first of many, you know, many things, right? The first Filipina American and Asian American and, BIPOC Christine on Broadway ever in 30 years, um, you know, was um, was a tremendous honor. Um, it definitely felt like sort of both a privilege and a responsibility um, to make sure that, you know, obviously I was the first but not the last. And, um, and it was also just incredible how much um, the Asian American Broadway community really, you know, was so supportive and turned out and, you know, people like Anne, who I've been looking up to and admiring their careers for so, so many years and everybody, not, not because you're older, Anne, just because you've done lots of cool things. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, like the, the fact not that they all you came to see me. <laughs> um, I was... I'm old enough, I saw the original production like in the first week or something that it was open. Um, and 
for me to get to see Ali play Christine, I just cried like so hard. Like it was, it, it felt like such a huge step for everybody, you know, like, cause I remember, cause you know, basically like I was a girl, her, you know, a young actor, you know, I could have, you know, it's sort of like, not that I could have ever played Christine cause I don't sing like that, but the idea that I would go when I was young and I went to like open calls and I went to all these auditions and I just thought like, well, I'll never get to be, I'll never get to be seen for one of the principals. You know, I can only audition for the ensemble because they're never going to cast an Asian person. And to see her kind of like in all her glory being Christine and also being Cosette, honestly, like those yeah. kinds of parts. Um, yeah. It's, it was just, an, it felt just so huge. It felt so huge. She's the Kamala and, Harris of our community. Yeah. Yes. And, for, and for so many of these roles that, you know, are are now being represented by, uh, you know, by POCs and, and, and everything, there's no reason that they shouldn't have been, you know? And it's of great course. that, you know, that we have, you know, trailblazers like you all, you know, to do this. And it's all about representation for, Amen. you know, little children to see themselves on stage and know that they can do it too. You know, that's awesome. I love that. I mean, and that's that thing too, where I think, you know, I speak, mo most of us believed that we could do things because we saw other people do them. You know, I know that when I saw Leia Salonga and Lee Miz for the first time, that was like a huge watershed. This is possible for me. And so it's all, you know, sort of built upon itself. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the amazing people that came before me. And I think it's really moving to think that then I have that impact on other people going forward. It's, it's kind of an amazing legacy to be a part of. Thanks, Allie. Thank we can't you. wait to um, hear your Broadway memory too. Uh, but Anne, um, not only have I gotten to uh, see you on stage in multiple things, obsessed, love you. Um, I've also gotten to work with you uh, on the hit web series, Indoor Boys, created by Wes Taylor and Alex Wise. And I was executive producer and you were the best and kindest and hysterical and most amazing. So we just wanted to show a clip of you as, as, um, as Ruth. <laughs> Season three of Indoor Boys. Hide the drugs, it's the landlord. Uh-oh, Luke, put away the meth. <laughs> you could just disregard. My name is Ruth. A little about me. I collect birds and I feel terrible for my age. Welcome to the building. If you need anything fixed, we don't do toilets, we don't do lights. Only pre-war freezers and carpets are banned. I'll turn the sorry, what? I'll turn things off, but never on. I'll install window guards on your tub. I'll enter your apartment unannounced, but only in the morning. And I'll never read your mail sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so funny. The literal best. And um, so it, it was it, it, literally the best. Uh, it was uh, such a joy to bring so many Broadway personalities on set. And after, okay, so... I, well, I do have a question first, and that was, is there anything about Indoor Boys that made your inner artist happy? Is there anything that you feel like you got to experience that you haven't experienced before? What, what was Indoor Boys like for you? Oh my God, are you kidding? It was the most fun ever. I, uh, just honestly to like be sitting around a bathroom with like Carolee Carmelo and Vianne Cox. <laughs> It's like, this is my dream come true. This is all I ever want to do is like hang out and like, you know, just just have the chance to like sit more or less in the equity lounge with like yeah. people like that. 
who you know you've known for a thousand years but you never see you know you never yeah. really get to hang out and and so it was really special i, I felt it felt really special and That's i so have to thank indoor boys it's literally the only time i've ever been nominated for an award of any kind <laughs> so cool yeah we first uh, of many yes first of many certainly oh, no. no no nobody cares about me ali it's fine it's totally fine <laughs> but but literally like intercourse was like you got a nomination for comedy i was like what could not believe it nobody has ever cared about anything i've ever done like that so it's it about exciting. damn time it's yeah. about damn time and like you know i mean i hope this makes you feel you know I don't think it needs to, you don't need to feel better about anything, but like, I, you know, <laughs> the memory that you said of like, you hang out with Vian Cox and Carly Carmelo, the mm -hmm. thing that I wanted to follow up with, with was, there was one, when we filmed the party scene, which went late, it was scheduled to go late. And we were all sort of walking side to side because of how body was hurting. My favorite thing was coming up into the bedroom that I was sleeping in on set and seeing the three of you on my bed. And I was like, middle school <laughs> me would be freaking out to catch Caroline Carmelo, Vian Cox, and Anne Harada just sitting on my bed. Like it was <laughs> the literal best. So thank you for being a, an incredible part of Indoor Boys, and you deserve that award and many more. Yeah. And just we lo we love you. We love you so much. So thank you, yeah. um, thank you for everything that you do for the community, both of you. So before we get into our Broadway memories, we've covered so many great questions already. This yeah. is so fun. We actually have some fan questions yeah. for you. How exciting. Um, so call me Adam on Instagram wants to know what is the most challenging role you have ever played thus far in your career? Who wants to oh go my first? And you go uh, first. No, <laughs> I don't like these questions. Um, we could skip it. You could be like next. Do That's like okay. do like concert things count? Sure. Yeah, sure. When I had to play the witch in Into the Woods oh. for a concert, that was the hardest thing I've ever done because part of me was so mad that like I didn't have all of the words right in my head, you know, because it's not like I haven't been listening to that show my whole life, but I just didn't. So I had to hold the book, and I felt like I was so constrained and. Um, you know, but I just wanted to make sure that like I made, I gave justice to those songs and those yeah. moments. And I was just like, oh, like, why am I so limited as an actor? Like, basically, that was like in my head the whole time. But I just thought it was it was so fun. And it was so exciting and to do with an all Asian cast. You know, you know that how that goes. Anyway, The Witch, that was, a, yeah, that was a it's a, it's a I mean, it was role. great. Oh, but yeah. it was so hard. It was so hard. And, you know, like you put it together in a week and you just want to kill yourself. Yeah. I think the audience's understanding of those yeah. things that are put up really quick in the concerts. And I bet you did an incredible job. And that's a meaty role to it's do in meaty. a week, you know? Well, I have to say, so oh, I yeah, couldn't yeah. go to see the full performance because I think I was doing Phantom at the time. And so I had something at the same time. But they let me pop in to like the dress rehearsal, which was basically probably like the first put together. And I got to watch maybe half an hour of it. And Anne was amazing. I was sitting there like on the edge of my seat, just like cheering and <laughs> laughing. And I was so, I was totally blown away. So I can only imagine the actual performance yeah. was um, absolutely incredible. I would pay I a thought. lot of money to see you do The Witch. Oh, yeah. 
Are there any videos? I don't know. Are there? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I've never seen any. We'll dear, do dear a YouTube video. After. Do we have a video? We're going to do a quick YouTube search when the show is over and see if there are <laughs> any. <laughs> Ali, what about, Ali, what about you? What was your most challenging? B-roll. Well, I, I guess maybe maybe to piggyback off of that. So the um, maybe, was it the next uh, National Asian Artist uh, Project? Project? It's a project. Productions. Mm. Anyway, NAP. Yes, um, by our company, COVID, COVID brain is in full effect, um, was Cinderella. And Anne and I did that in March. Like it was right before I was looking at these pictures. Like I think it was March 3rd yeah. or something. We had Whoa. this tremendous yes, cast of Asian American performers and a chorus and a kid's chorus and like everybody in there. And kind of, it was pretty remarkable that I don't think knock on wood, anybody got sick um, at that time. Um, but so we did Cinderella. And um, and Anne, you know, got to live out all of her Madame Thenardier being mad at Cosette dreams, like to me specifically because she was my stepmother, and then got to yell at me properly. Um, but those things are—they're so hard to put up because you have the script, but you want to be off the script. And we had to do a, um, you know, part of Cinderella is the magical costume change, mm. and we had no budget, um, <laughs> and so we were able to borrow um, a dress from LaGuardia High School's production of Cinderella, and um, her amazing, like, wardrobe mistress kept trying to, like, rig me into the thing. We had, like, maybe one time to practice it, and it was a little, it was a little tricky. I got stuck when my sleeves got stuck, <laughs> and my amazing friend Jordan, who was in the ensemble, like, saw it, and we actually have all these great pictures that our friend Leah Chang took, where you can sort of see in sequence him helping me get the dress out of the dress and get like while I'm seeing <laughs> all their all around <laughs> like finally the whole thing actually worked and you could feel the whole audience was clapping and they they kind of enjoyed the fact that it was <laughs> the magic was a little bit of a struggle um we love seeing that we love it one we, night only you know we just we yeah. we made it we made it work it was kind of it was kind of incredible but so but also so challenging because you want to have a fully realized character and relationships with the other people on stage i mean it helped that we had an incredible incredible cast and everybody was just sort of you know tuned into each other that way to get through these like really challenging um oh i think we blocked that yesterday what did we do there <laughs> how did yeah. how I come this uh, what is this underscoring? You know, just really, it's very team effort when you're doing things that quickly, for sure. That's amazing. I love that. And um, our next question is from Retro Snow White, who wants to know what was your funniest or strangest fan interaction? Oh, interesting. Because they can be interesting. This show. No, I'm just kidding. This show. Bye. <laughs> Funniest or strange? I mean, I, 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 the funny story I can think of off the top of my head was um, when I was doing the Fantastics off Broadway. Um, you know, that theater, I did it up at the Snapple um, mm -hmm. on like 50th and Broadway. Um, and just like the original space, like it's very, very, very small. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, the Fantastics had been running for so many years. Our audiences were a little petite. Like we were lucky if we had 20 people there, um, which was always a little tricky because it's a comedy and you're sort of relying on people to react in real time. We had these amazing comedic actors. But I remember one time we're going into the song, Soon It's Gonna Rain. And I was playing opposite my friend, Jim Shubin. And you know, Louise was supposed to be 16. I was not 16 at the time. 
Jim was a bit younger than I am. And I think what happened was there was maybe an audience member who um, had um, special needs perhaps, and also a crush on Jim. And so as we're walking together, and it's clear that we're about to get together like in the Soon It's Gonna Rain song, what we hear is, she's too old for him. 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 <laughs> trying to keep a straight face, trying to save the moment. And in my heart, I'm like, how did she know? She she read me, she read me so hard. It was pretty funny. And then you called the doctor <laughs> on- on. Snapple. Oh my yes. God, the Snapple. At the Majestic, you... nobody would be saying that. Right. But at well, the I just Snapple, went here if they were saying it, yes. If they, if they said it at the Majestic, at least, you know, it would bother the people around them, but it wouldn't get directly into my ear while I was trying to oh, sing. Oh man, right. wild. That is what that's hysterical. Oi. What about you, Anne? Anne, do you have anything? People are awful. No, I, I really have awesome fans. Like, I've never had really bad fan interaction except people who are like, oh, well, you seem taller on stage. But to me, that's just normal. You know, just people just making a response. Or like, you're so much older than I thought you were. That kind of stuff. Um, oh, but, we've got a thing again, here. Normal, normal everyday responses. But like, I do remember this one time at Avenue Q where we had one of those people in the front row who was eating. And like every time somebody went out on like to do a scene, like we made it like sort of a game to sort of figure out what kind of sandwich they were having. So like, I <laughs> distinctly remember, I distinctly remember Stephanie go, Brutza going out there and going like, it's turkey with some kind of cheese. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, That's so hysterical. Great. A friendly reminder, audience members, always have good theater etiquette. Don't eat. Don't talk. <laughs> yeah, just see no. the show. Ugh, I, that's wild. <laughs> I did, a, <laughs> I, did a, a I did a production of Buyer and Seller where someone was reading the whole show. Captivating. Oh, my God. Book reading a book from the beginning. It wasn't like I had bored him. The lights went up and he was reading. Just like, it wasn't, and I called him out and he didn't say anything, silly. Well, thank you to everyone who, who asked a question. Who would read in the theater? It's the worst light ever. That's it was so me. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it was so dumb. It was, sorry, we had a headphone. It's wild. That's, I wanted to know what he was, I should have tried to guess what he was reading, like you and the sandwich. Wild. Uh, yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you to everyone who submitted a question. Remember, have good theater etiquette. So we will always take fan questions for future guests. So please keep those questions coming. Um, so next up, we're going to take a small break um, and we're going to have a very fun regular segment of ours, Divas Do Weather. Yes, because meteorologists really should be Tony winners, don't you think? So I don't know how we got this, but last week we had um, my idol, Ju uh, Dame Julie Andrews, give us a weather report. And um, I don't think it could get any better than that. But um, this week uh, we have our newest. Well, I'm nervous. I know. Um, we have Adina Menzel. So uh, please welcome Adina Menzel. How's it? Hey, Michael. Hey, Remy. Thank you so much for having me. It was hot. My canteen had sprung a leak and I was thirsty. Look to the western sky. You think cyclones just appear out of the blue? Let the storm rage. Yeah! 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Done. Girl, <laughs> let it go. Oh my God. Thank you, Adina, for the weather. It's always good to know what's happening outside. <laughs> yes, Thank it you so much. Is the so Ann and Allie now for our go to main event boom, 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 activity? We'll have, um, <laughs> we'll have you each pull a playbill out or memorabilia or nothing and just discuss your Broadway memory. So, uh, I'm gonna actually um, show you how I like to do it. So I'll, 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 it's my week to do it. We yes. we alternate. So I have like maybe 16 of these. Um, and so uh, what I like to do is I cool, 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 nailing it, nailing it. Um, I oh, like wrong one. wrong one, wrong one. What I like to do is I like to, and I pulled the book off the shelf randomly. So what I like to do is just sort of just go through like this and then just Remy tells me when to stop. Stop. Okay. So this was, um, this is talk everlasting, which actually I went for opening and, um, loved the show, had so much fun and Carolee was in it and, and she was incredible and um, at the opening party, I remember I was getting food at the buffet and in front of me was Rachel Dratch. And I was like, I, cause I love Rachel Dratch. I grew up watching her on SNL, you know, since I'm seven, I was able to stay up late and watch SNL. And that was when she was on SNL. And um, I went up to her and I was, I was like, I want to talk to her about something different. Like I'm sure she gets so many SNL questions. So I was like, so you were just a judge on drag race. What was that like? <laughs> and she was literally like, someone just asked me about that, but it was, it was fun. And then we like talked for 30 seconds. I was like, enjoy your night. And we went on our way and that was my tuck everlasting experience. Yes. And all <laughs> from a random playbill poll, you see where the memories can go. So that's how it goes. Thanks, Michael. Allie, oh, you're do welcome. you want to go first? Da, 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 da. This isn't super random because it's what's sitting on top. But since we're talking about Les Mis, okay, so I have a photograph. Can you see this? There, there it is. Um, so <laughs> me as Cosette with Valjean, and you might notice something special about this picture. So the reason I have this, I was actually on tour with Les Mis, um, is because um, Sierra Bogus, 
who I had done the Les Mis tour with, we were co-coats at Understudies, um, had left us to go do Phantom in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And um, she's told the story many times. She had a bit of a mishap and fell through a trap door and was saved by her wedding dress and her front tooth, which she knocked off on the lip of the stage in the final scene. Yes. Um, and because um, we love Sierra and she has um, a great sense of humor and there's a lot of tooth black involved in Les Mis, particularly the Les Mis tour, um, the entire company um, took a picture Aww. where we all knocked out a tooth. That's adorable. And sent it to her because we're a family in tragedy and um, <laughs> good times. But she loved it. I think it totally, it totally cheered her up. Um, and this is now, why we have workers' compensation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is why we have unions. She has a new tooth now, all is well. Um, and now everybody knows to um, be really careful. Um, with trapdoors being open. Cause that definitely, that happened on Broadway a couple of times and our stage management was great. And they were always, you know, would tell us if things were open, we'd have to kind of hold off stage. Cause it was, when it's covered with fog and all of that stuff, um, cause the trapdoors that, um, and it was different in Vegas, but on Broadway where the candelabras come up and down, they each have their own little door. Um, and so like while they're coming up or before they come up, they're open. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so that's, it's a little, <laughs> It's it's funnier in my head because I know that she's fine and because it's sort of um, because I know that she thinks it's funny. But yeah, that's so, you know, when bad things happen, you show up in solidarity. So her dress saved her. Yes. Yeah, her dress, because the wedding dress has, you know, um, a bustle and like all of the ribbing from like the corset and is giant. And so um, it, it sort of braced her in, like she fell, she fell down a bit, but not, you know, not, not terribly far. Um, and then just whacked her, whacked her face on the stage. Wow. Wow. That is wild. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I'm glad that you're laughing at it, but I think now we can <laughs> use some good news. Yes. And, um, and okay, so uh, before we get to Anne's memory, we're gonna uh, share our good news segment. And um, each show we like to highlight an organization or cause that is doing good in the world. And for this week, we are happy to have the Dental Association of Broadway. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're happy to Everyone have cares. Emily Ang, excuse me, Emily Ang and Allison Gilbert from Lift Music Funds. Let's hear from them. <laughs> and Emily here from Lift Music Fund. So uh, Lift Music Fund was created in response to the racial injustice in the field of music. Um, we support young student musicians, uh, Black, Latinx, and Native musicians. Um, the wealth uh, gap in our country is largely along racial lines. And so we saw a real need to support um, the future of music and to make our, our field more diverse and more equitable. Um, so we award uh, micro grants, they're called Lift Awards, in, uh, in the amount of up to $250 every month to young musicians uh, who apply. And uh, these can support things like um, instrument repairs, headshots, application fees, uh, young artist programs. Um, they're really just 
an infinite amount of costs associated with music. Anybody in um, the United States or its territories can apply for a grant. Um, the application is on our website, which is just liftmusicfund.org. Why is the great work that Lift Music Fund is doing so important, especially right now in this day and age? Yeah, so we're both classical musicians. Um, and I think this is an issue across the board in all fields, but um, there, there's a lack of diversity in our field and it, and it really affects the, the perception that students who don't see themselves represented in our field don't feel like they're welcome and they don't feel like they have a future um, if they don't see people who look like them. I think that's just a true fact. We are trying to break down those barriers um, by supporting more people and show them that this is this is a field for you. This is, there's a place for you in this. And I, I think um, beyond classical music, there are issues of, of racial inequity in other fields. I think musical theater um, also um, deals with with this um, critical issue. Yeah. So one of our main fundraising mechanisms is we do these virtual mini concerts as fundraisers, and um, the artists, you know, will do a you know, 15 to 20 minutes of music and plug the message and um, set a specific fundraising goal. And so we love, we've had our whole network basically do these concerts and it's been extremely effective. And so just the more that we can get more people involved. And then also we're always looking for um, people from the communities that we give these grants to, to be on our review panel, because, you know, we don't want to gatekeep this. We don't want to make all the decisions. So for those of you that are watching that are in the industry and want to give back, here's your chance. And for those of you that are watching and need a little support, here's your chance. So through our website, liftmusicfund.org, there's a contact form and a volunteer form. And then we are on Facebook and Instagram at Lift Music Fund. And um, that's a great way to see also all of our, our winners are featured there as well. Um, so that's, yeah, a great way to be in touch. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you Allison. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Yay! Thank you, Emily and Allison. Remember to visit liftmusicfund.org for more info on how to get involved and support, or if you are a young musician in need. Yeah, all you future uh, Broadway orchestras or future Christine Dyes, mm. come on now, see if you uh, you know want to get uh, involved with that. Also, uh, if you are part of an organization that is doing good in the world and want us to feature it on Broadway Memory, please email us at mybroadwaymemory at gmail.com, and we would love to spread the word uh, about your incredible organization, uh, along with some awesome stars yes. like Anne and Allie right here. Email us. Okay, Anne, you're up. It's well, I just have to show you my box that says, well, I can't really read it, I guess. It's Sentimental Value Playbills. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is how bad I am. I have a box of Sentimental Value Playbills. I love which that. qualify as like not necessarily like sometimes stuff I was in, sometimes stuff I wasn't in, like, you know, random, like things from, from my you know, summer stock past or whatever. <laughs> Things that don't fit into a, you know, easily identifiable slot. So um, I, gosh, oh, I'm scared of these sentimental value playbills. Um, okay, well, here's, here's one from a show called Sleight of Hand. Oh. Can you see that? Sleight of Hand. Yeah. Tell us about that. And according to this playbill, and you're looking at it like, what are you talking about, Anne? I've never heard of that. Well, there was a play written by John Peelmeyer who wrote Agnes of God. Oh. And according to this playbill, it was May 1987. And I was the production assistant on this show. 
Well, this show oh. ran for a week at the, at the court theater. Okay. And that was my first job in New York was working for a Broadway producer. And like, basically I answered phones and I picked up her dry cleaning and did stuff like that. But I also got to be the production assistant on this show, which she produced. So I like for the backers auditions, it was a magic. Like if there was a, one of the lead parts was a magician, right? So there was a trick. <laughs> and at one point, and at one point, he stuffs a bunch of swords into a box. And at the end of act one, you open the box and a dead body rolls out. And that was me. Huh? <gasps> Broadway oh, That was me. Wait, in the backers you... audition, of course. Oh, in the backers uh, audition. Anyway. I was like, you did that every night for that one in the week? And not on Broadway. No, no, no. I'm, no. I was a production assistant. But what that meant was when we got to the court theater, I got to run around and put flowers in the actors' um, dressing rooms, and I was so excited about that. And um, it was really the first time I'd ever kind of had the run of a Broadway theater where, like, first of all, nobody was there and nobody cared where I where I was ever. So, like, you know, I'd be all over the house and I'd sit and watch the show from wherever. And um, I just loved that experience. I loved kind of, like, being able to walk in the stage door and just, like, I owned the place. You know, nobody cared. It ran for a week. Um, but it was so thrilling to work on a Broadway show and to kind of like be in a Broadway theater for me. Like that, that was like the whole experience. That's all I ever wanted. I have a um, question. How long was it from you working on this show until your Broadway debut? Uh, that would be about a year. Wow. But like, isn't that incredible? Like, you know, a, well, a, when I, okay, so I was working for this producer, right? Okay. So because of this producer and because of sleight of hand, I got to meet a bunch of people in the industry. Like one of the actors in this show, his manager kind of agreed to send me out for stuff because right. she came and saw my cabaret show at the, you know, whatever. And she was like, okay, I'll send you out for stuff. And then the casting director of the show was the casting director for M Butterfly. And she came, she brought me in to audition for M Butterfly, which I got as a replacement. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, it's all she about- She did your dead body work in that backer, backer's audition. Well, sure. She and thought she how you rolled out. You know, she knew I was very, very committed. Because not to ruin it, I had to be in that box for like 45 minutes. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So like, you know what I mean? So like, because of this show that ran for a week, you know, I ended up getting my first Broadway show. That's so cool. And That's my first amazing. representation, who is st honestly still my representation. I have the same manager I had in, in 1988. I think I signed my first contract with them. Wow. I still have that manager. Wow. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's what it's literally all about. It's that people go, how do, how do you join the industry? How do you get started? Any way you get started is the right way. I mean, well, kind of, but like, yeah, you know, there's what no, you know, I mean, I could have been talented and gone to Michigan, but that's not how it was going to be for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't know when, when I was growing up, I didn't know there were even schools that you could go to for that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> My biggest thing was like, does, does the college I want to go to do plays? 
okay, yeah. then I guess I'll go to it. You know what I mean? Like really like big thinking on my part. I had no idea you could train. Never crossed my mind, you know? Wow. So um, that, yeah. Both of your Don't stories. Anyway. That's um, both of your stories are amazing. And that's what this show is all about. It's about keying everyone involved into things that we don't know happens, you know, when the curtain is down. And that's what's amazing about this industry is that this industry actually is amazing because of people like you that, you know, have incredible stories and experiences. And um, we thank you so much for coming on today. And unfortunately, we do have to wrap up and we don't want to because we love you and can talk to you all day. Um, but, you know, we're, just as a reminder, where can we follow you, find you on social media? She is Ann Harada. What is it? Is it I am Ann Harada? I am Ann Harada. I think I'm Ann Harada on Instagram, but I never check it because I'm old. And on Instagram, then like you're not on it all the time. You miss all these things and people go like, you got mentioned in a story. And I'm like, well, great. That doesn't help me at all. I have no fucking <laughs> idea what that was about. A month later. Um, <laughs> I saw you so on I Dr. Drama the other day. There you go. Yeah, right. I was because she insists that's her platform, Instagram Live. I, I didn't even understand it. I was like, what do you mean? It's just going to start? Like I totally didn't like that. Didn't I get that? I don't get Facebook Live. I don't get any of them. But anyway, the point is, I have an Instagram account because I need an Instagram account. But I don't try to send me a message and expect me to get it in any short period of time. You'll do I much You can send, you can send me a message. I meant that's right. Send Allie, Allie a message, and then I will forward it to Anne. Yes. Yes, you are correct. Official. Yes, uh, that's, uh, that's new efficient program. way of doing things. Yes, <laughs> through both. We love it. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you so. Oh much. wait, what about Allie? Oh, she said, but say it again. What I don't about know Allie? Oh, it's just first name, last name. It's the beauty of having a weird name, Allie um, Ewald. It's yeah. all things. Yeah, I heard you say it, but I think that that got lost in the kerfuffle. So, yeah, Allie, oh, please, for all Allie and Anne uh, inquiries, just go to Allie and uh, Allie Ewald. Yes. Oh I'm my God! Love. Thank you so I'm much. I'm just plain old Anne Harada on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, and Twitter as and Twitter, well. Very good. cool. And Allie, are you on Twitter too? I am. Yes. Also, Allie Ewald. Amazing. Thank you to everyone so much for watching tonight. Our next show is two weeks from tonight on February 4th at 7 p.m. And since Valentine's Day is in February, we thought it would be fun for our two shows in February for me and Michael to go on some double dates with some theatrical couples. Yes. Yeah, so on February 4th, we have Marty Gold Cummings and Blake Allen. And oh my God, you guys, on uh, February 18th, we have Orfe and Andy Carl. Yes, right here on Broadway Podcast Network at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Cannot wait for those. Oh, man. It's going to be so fun. And remember to follow My Broadway Memory on social media for more updates. Uh, you can also follow... Uh, oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, you can also follow me personally at Remy Germanario and Michael at the Michael Kushner. Yeah. So before we go, let's take a group photo, you know, just to remind people to watch. And if they missed out on, on the stream, then they can you know, get a little teaser of what, of what to see. So I think Remy and I uh, would like to do a toothless photo. Just black mm -hmm. out one of your photos, like with oh. your, uh, one of your teeth with your fingers. Ready? Just since we did it. One, two, three. 
Perfect. Amazing. We got it. Um, thank you so much to <laughs> Anne, Ali, uh, Chris, uh, Christina Bianco, our weather girl, Sierra Bogus' dentist, uh, Emily and Allison at Lift Music Fund, co-creator Brian Sedita, Josh Freilich, and Laura Bonacci. We'd also like to thank everyone at Broadway Podcast Network, Alan, Dory, Britt, Katie. And before we go, we Alan, our producer, our amazing producer, did find a clip of Anne as the Witch. So we're going to sign off with that. Oh, hi! <laughs> Bye! Hi y'all, this is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.